as you get your elements and you head back to your seat. The Bible also tells us not to take communion, not to remember him in an unworthy manner. So if there's anything in your heart right now that is blocking things between you and God, you need to take care of it before we partake of communion. You need to make sure your heart is where it's supposed to be. If there's any unforgiveness, whatever, any sin in your life, you need to talk to him right now and get that cleared up. Ask for the forgiveness. The forgiveness that's given to us. thankful for what Jesus did on the cross for each one of us. So thankful that he took a wretch like me, a wretch like you, and decided we're, we are worthy and gave us his righteousness. I'm so thankful that God had a plan to save us. I think sometimes we sing these songs and we come in here and sometimes we kind of go through the motions. I've been guilty of that, but we need in reverence and awe and adoration every single time we gather together, together as a church, we need to recognize what was done for us on the cross, but also recognize that Jesus defeated death and he rose from the grave and he's alive forevermore. He's alive today in this room. And as he was with his disciples, I'm not going to read the scriptures for this part, but when he was with them, he took out the bread and told them that this is my body that was broke. It's going to be broken for you. It was broken for us. So if you'll break that at this time, and let's remember his body that was beaten. the cup said it represented my blood that's going to be shed for me for you to wash away our sins and make us clean I'm so thankful for that that I get a clean start with Jesus and I'm not who I used to be I'm a new creation in him because the blood that was shed you'll take that now in remembrance of the blood that was shed for us. Now I just want to encourage you guys this morning. I'm going to pray and we're going to go back into worship. For the next five minutes, be very bold in your worship. Be very courageous. I don't care who's around you. You shouldn't care who's around you. You express your love to God however it comes out. And let it be known to him that you appreciate all that he did for you. Because we're, we're taking this moment right now to remember. To remember. So let those praises out. Let that worship out. Let that hurt out. Whatever you're dealing with, let it out. And thank him for who he is. God, we thank you again for your body that was broken. We thank you for the blood that was shed. God, we thank you for being our Savior and picking each one of us up out of this dark place that we were in and setting our feet on solid ground and walking with us, God, and assuring us that we have eternity in heaven with you as believers in Jesus. And right now, Father, we want to worship you. We want to worship you. Jesus' name.
Sing it out, church. of the Lord. I love how I can bring a, a grown, gruff man to tears. Not talking about me. But I see it in others' faces that it can break the hardest heart down and just, mm, just ooze in there and his love and his presence changes people. It changes people. It makes people respond to come to the altar like, man, I, I, need, I need the Lord in my life. So I'm thankful for his presence this morning. I'm thankful for our praise team that ushers us into that presence. And they do a great job with that. And they, all of them will tell you it's nothing about them. It's what God's put inside of them. And as worship team members, it's very important that you worship from a place that you know who God is. And I believe our worship team does that. And we're instilling that into our youth as they come up. That you have to, you have to be able to worship more than just on Sundays. You worship from a place all through the week, and it just naturally flows out on Sundays. Amen? All right. Who is the Holy Spirit week for over seven weeks with some things in between there? We're going to finish this up this morning, and we're going to talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit. The leading of the Holy Spirit. And over the years, um, there's been mighty moves of God all over the place throughout since Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, God's been moving. There's been pockets of revivals. There's been things happening. People were in tune with the Holy Spirit, and these revivals would break out over the years. Orchardville Church has seen God move in mighty ways. Okay? Um, over the 40 years. Again, a plug for next Sunday. 40-year anniversary service. And I want to start this morning by telling you that I love heritage. I love the heritage of Orchardville Church. I love the history of Orchardville Church. And that's great, but it's not enough. And some people may say, I don't like you saying that. Well, it's not enough. Because whatever happened 40 years ago, or 5 years ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, or last year, is not enough. There's more. There's more that God wants to do. And I, I believe every generation needs to experience and encounter the Holy Spirit and experience their own revival and see God move and break out in ways that we can't even fathom in our minds right now. Every generation needs to see. These guys right here, they need to see it. <coughs> OC kids, they need to see it. You know, things in my mind, you know, God moving and breaking out in here in Orchardville Church and in our communities is three, four, six week revival right here. Every day, every week. And some of you are like, don't sign me up for that. But that's what I'm talking about. The hunger is so strong and we thirst for so much of God that we show up here every day to worship him and see what he's going to do. That's what's happening in my mind. Okay? So God's not done. He's not done moving. And I want these guys to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives as well. And I want a fresh encounter. Every time I come in here, I want a fresh encounter uh, where the presence of God is so real that people that don't know Jesus see their need for him when they come in. We're a part of that. Our hunger and our desire to worship him feeds the people that come in that don't know the Lord. When they see the passion we worship with, with the passion that we love each other with. Okay? I want the presence of God to be so real that uh, Christians recognize their need for more of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That we recognize, I need more. I don't want to settle, I want more. 
I want the presence of God to be so real that hurting people know there is help in this house. When people come in, they can know there's healing to be found in Jesus. When you're sick and afflicted and you're going through things, healing can be found in Jesus. I want people to understand the urgency to reach people with the gospel. We are to be missional. We are to be out there leading people to the Lord. And we need to have an urgency about that. And that comes as the Holy Spirit leads us. We need the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All of us. We need him. Now more than ever before, we need him to lead us. And as we follow the Holy Spirit, as we allow him to lead us, the Holy Spirit helps Jesus to be seen in us and through us as we let him lead. Now I'm going to read off probably about 30 scriptures this morning, so please don't try to keep up. They're going to be on the screen for you, but I've got a lot of scriptures that I want to get into you this morning about the Holy Spirit leading us. All right? So again, the Holy Spirit helps us, uh, Jesus to be seen in us and through us. How many would like Jesus to be seen in you? If you don't. Okay. John 16, 14. Here we go. He, the Holy Spirit, will give me, this is Jesus talking, glory because he will take what I say and tell it to you. Okay? It's always been the mission of the Spirit to exalt Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come that we might be deeply impressed with Jesus and be excited about his work. How many of you are excited about the Lord's work? I'm going to make you raise your hands a lot. Okay? Be excited about his work. The Holy Spirit was sent by God to make Christ real to people And to show us who he really is. All right? Therefore, the Spirit working through us should do the same. It should draw people's attention to Jesus. Is the Holy Spirit in you drawing people to Jesus? Or is it repelling people from Jesus? Because we let our flesh get in the way sometimes. But it should draw people's attention to Jesus. It should invite them to love him, to trust him, obey him. And I find it amazing sometimes that people that claim to be filled with the spirit uh, go off and say things and do things to people or post things on social media that compromise the fruit of the spirit that's supposed to be flowing out of them. That shocks me sometimes. And as a pastor, when you read those things, the first thing you want to do is walk up to those people and stop it. Stop it. But we have to think about everything we say and do. Is it drawing people to Jesus? Or is it causing division? Is it causing them to have a bad taste in their mouth about this Jesus that we talk about? We have to think about these things. So how how do we draw people's attention to Jesus? First, show some courtesy. Okay? In the Bible, Titus 3, 2. Believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome. But they should be gentle and show courtesy To everyone. I'm going to back everything up in the word. So get mad at God about it. Okay? Show courtesy. 1 Peter 2.17. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. If you're in here and you don't like me, you got to love me. (laughs) Still got to love me. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. I always used to tell my teams that in basketball. You don't have to be best friends with everybody in here, but you're going to respect each other while you're playing together. All right? How else? We can offer mercy. Anybody need mercy sometimes? 2 Corinthians 2.7. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. When we don't forgive people, yes, even the ones that mess up repeatedly, they'll get discouraged. And you know what? They'll quit coming to church. Because the believers wouldn't show them mercy and sympathy and encouragement. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults. I'm going to mess up. Right, dear? Amen, she says. You're going to mess up. Make allowance for that. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you how quickly we forget of everything you did. 
everything you're going to do. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We love the Bible when it's nice and sweet to us. We should express sympathy to people. Colossians 3.12, right before that. As holy people whom God has chosen and loved, be sympathetic, kind, humble, gentle, and patient. And, some of you guys are going to like this one because you do it often. Speak honestly. Proverbs 24, 26. An honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. Don't be going kissing people. Just give them honest answers on things. Okay? Proverbs 28, 23. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Even though it's hard to take sometimes, I appreciate it. You should appreciate it if people are willing to be honest with you and give you some honest, constructive criticism. So, so quickly in our environment today, we all just get defensive when somebody does that. It's part of the reasons I quit coaching. Mostly as parents and grandparents, but... <sighs> Another thing, as we let the Holy Spirit lead us, is the, Holy, the leading of the Holy Spirit convicts us. Uh-oh. Convicts us. John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So really the truth is, if we experience nothing more than like a, a ping on our conscience, some, some anxiety at the thought of judgment, or just this awareness of hell, then we've truly never known the conviction of sin. Conviction means to convince someone of truth, to reprove, to accuse, refute, or cross-examine a witness. To be convicted is to feel the horrible disgust of sin. It is repulsive to you to be convicted of it. You don't want to do it. Okay? Isaiah 6, 5. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed for I, have, I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among with, um, a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. In view of God's holiness, Isaiah instantly realized his sinfulness. He knew it. I'm a sinful man. And to be convicted is to experience an utter dreadfulness of sin. To repent means you turn away and stop doing those things. Not returning back to it all the time. You are not convicted. You are not repulsed enough by that sin to leave it alone. To be convicted is to understand how our sin dishonors God. How many struggle with, well you probably don't want to raise your hand. <laughs> Repeated sin. Sometimes in your life you go back to it and you do it again. Anybody? Okay. We, we have to understand, not only should that be dreadful to us and, and repulsive, but we have to know that that dishonors God. We are blatantly dishonoring God when we sin. When we choose to go what go, when we choose to do things that are against his word, we are dishonoring God. And as your pastor, I should be able to preach on sin. Some pastors won't. I will. Because I love you. I love you. And I don't want you to walk in sin and think it's okay when it goes against God's word. And you're dishonoring him. Okay? Conviction is a good thing. It's a good thing for us. The leading of the Holy Spirit also guides us. How many people like to be told what to do? <laughs> Negative. Okay, but the Holy Spirit guides us if we'll let him. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Really, we're pretty helpless uh, and clueless as, as we try to map out our own lives and do our own thing. The Spirit is especially present and active at every crossroads in our lives if we'll let Him be there. When things come up, we have decisions to make, we have actions to take, the Holy Spirit can guide you in those things. 
His guidance regarding our future is always best because he is already in our future. Okay? And we should give the Holy Spirit a greater uh, a capacity to influence decisions regarding our future. Again, he is the one that's with us right here on earth. And God uses uh, a few different things to guide us. First of all, I talked about it, his word. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. It's right there. This guides us. This helps direct us. When we get in it and study it, it reveals things to us. It helps us along the path of life. Second, we have the Holy Spirit. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us in life. And then we have the confirming guidance of life circumstances. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every detail. Everything. Let me tell you a little testimony. Can I, can I shout a testimony here? Everybody eat popcorn? Justine? She keeps rural king in business by buying the 50-pound bag of popcorn every week. <laughs> Makes some really good popcorn. But anyway, I love popcorn, but one thing that really aggravates me, and I try so hard to be careful when I'm eating it and just softly chew it, but the husk shoots up in your gums. And then it don't want to come out. I had one up there, and yes, I flossed. Yes, I brushed my teeth. Yes, I picked at it, but it was gone. It was there. I couldn't even see it. It was there for eight or nine days. And my gums started swelling. I'm like, this is ridiculous over a piece of popcorn. And I went in my car to pick up Ryland, and I said, God, I'm talking about every detail, God, I am so sick of this husk in my gums. I need you to get it out because it's driving me nuts. Hurt when I brush my teeth. And you know what? The next day, I was walking around in my bathroom getting ready, and that whole husk was in my mouth. Just came out. I don't know when, I don't know how. I'm like, what is that? And I pulled it up. (gasps) Every detail God cares about, even a husk of corn. In my gums. He fixed it. And I was being serious when I asked him. I mean, somebody said, that sounds silly. You ask him about a piece of corn. But it bothered me. And I needed help. And he helped me in the smallest detail. I was telling you, he cares about us. He's in the details. And it needs the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Him leading us needs to be a focus in our life. Some people say, let your conscience be your guide. That's kind of shaky advice because our conscience sometimes is not totally trustworthy. Okay? And some people confuse their conscience with the voice of the Holy Spirit and they are not the same. They're not the same. We need to hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us to bear witness with our spirit. How does he do? You know, I can't, how does he do that? I can't walk, I can't even think about walking around I was going to bring a blindfold out and earplugs and everything else and just try to do life. And that's how we try to do things. When we don't let this guide our lives and guide our steps, we're walking around blindly. Yes, you have to have blind faith, but you also have to understand what God says to believe that, have faith in that belief, right? And if I have my ears plugged all the time, I'm never going to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me, into me. So how, how would that be if I just walked around with my ears plugged my blindfold on and I just try to do life. It'd be a mess. And it's the same thing if we don't let the Holy Spirit lead us. Our life turns into a mess. How can we distinguish my own thoughts, my feelings, our impressions from those of the whisper of the Holy Spirit when he's talking to us? First, the Holy Spirit's whisper will always agree with Scripture. Okay? So... Any inner impression that I get, if it conflicts with the Bible, it needs to be rejected. Get rid of it. Doesn't line up with Scripture. The Holy Spirit's whisper becomes clear when our will is surrendered to God's will. That's a tough one for us. I really feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to buy a $60,000 truck. 
And he may. Sometimes our will gets in the way of God's will on things. And God's will in a lot of things in life is difficult sometimes. It's not always easy and sometimes it hurts. But it's best to follow his will, his plan. Our own desires can mislead us sometimes and God's will not. Okay? The Holy Spirit's whisper distinguishes itself in times of prayer. How many of you get distracted in prayer? It's part of the reason I'm keeping the doors closed till 940 for me anyway. But we need to block out all the other voices and listen to what the Holy Spirit is pouring into us. We had our youth pastor candidate here speaking on this Wednesday night that you need to sometimes be still and be quiet and listen. And that's hard to do in today's world. But we need to. We need that time alone so the Holy Spirit can speak to us and guide us. Another thing the Holy Spirit does, leading of the Holy Spirit, manages our moods. <laughs> Let me just walk amongst the people for this one. Manages our moods. How many of you get in moods? Bad moods. You can raise your neighbor's hand. We're all being honest here. I see you, John. I see you. <laughs> Manages our moods. Romans 8, 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Pretty simple. You know, moods are contagious. Good and bad. I could go up to Aaron right now and be excited about something and make him excited. I could also go up to Aaron, be in a really bad mood, and I can drag him down with me just like that. We can do that. They're contagious. There are times that <laughs> I wish I was more like Mr. Spock off of my dad's favorite TV show, Star Trek. You know what was so cool about him? He never showed emotion. <laughs> he was always logical. But God didn't wire us that way, did he? No. And nobody has ears like that either. But God created us in his image with emotions. We have the ability to feel, to love, to have joy and happiness and guilt and anger and disappointments. We're emotional people, some more than others. Okay? I've heard people shout out, why are you so emotional all the time? Maybe it's in my house. I don't know. But, but the real issue with that, being emotional, you know, God gave us everything we have and the emotions that we have. But... It's how we handle our emotions that gets us into trouble sometimes. How we handle those things that come up. And you can either learn to manage your emotions or your emotions can manage you. I've seen it. You can get a hold of those emotions or they're going to get a hold of you and lead you in different ways that aren't always good. Um, But the best way that we can manage those emotions is being led by the Holy Spirit and growing our relationship with God. Grow your relationship with God and you will be able to handle your emotions when they come at you. All right. Romans 12, 1, 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So every single day, here's some truth. We need to give our emotions to the control of the Holy Spirit. Every day. I promise you, if you will do that, if you will submit to the Holy Spirit controlling your emotions, it'll be a lot more pleasant for you and those around you. Okay? Romans 6.13, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Another thing, don't let anger get out of control. Who gets angry in here? There's more hands. Don't let it get out of control. How many let it get out of control? I'm not looking at anybody in particular. Okay? Don't let it get out of control. James 1.20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. 
You know what you could do? You could let other people who are good friends help you manage your emotions. And some of you say, well, I'm not somebody that wants to open up and talk to people. Well, you might need to be because you're volatile. And you're blowing up and doing things you shouldn't be doing. So let other people, good friends, believers, help you manage your emotions. Not like this, guys. Honey, if you just calm down a little bit, it would be a lot better for us. love you. Okay? Letting people help you out. Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all the things that belong to Christ. And another thing is to stay focused on the things you can control, not the things you can't. That is so huge in life. Stay focused on the things you can control, not on the things you can't. Psalm 56.3, when I'm afraid, O Lord Almighty, I put my trust in you. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to control the situation. Put your trust in him. Our emotions are wired into our fallen nature as well as into our redeemed nature. They're together. So sin and Satan have access to them. Okay? And we'll use them to try to manipulate us to hurt ourselves or to hurt other people by lashing out with our emotions. Don't let that happen. Romans 8, 6, to be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace, like we just said before. And the last thing this morning, the leading of the Holy Spirit gives us An unwavering commitment to God's word. The Holy Spirit in you makes you committed to this. Makes you want to get into this. Makes you want to study and understand what God's saying in this. The Holy Spirit inside of you. Okay? You're committed to it. You believe it. You walk it out. And we've got to keep God's word as the ultimate measuring stick for us for all that we're doing. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. George Barna says this, The Christian church is having such limited discernible impact on American culture. It seems that Christians are more affected by society then society is affected by Christians. Why is that? Perhaps because more than nine out of every ten born-again Christians fail to think like Jesus. They think like the rest of the world, so they naturally behave like the citizens of this world too. They're not the salt and light that Jesus commands us to be because they lack the personal commitment and depth of faith that makes them truly changed, God-driven beings. That's nine out of ten believers. And we're looking more like the world than we are like Jesus. I believe a a spirit-empowered church will be word-based. It'll be built on this. Word-taught, word-governing, and word-influenced in this church. The Holy Spirit in us, alive and active, should help us speak to people with clarity to be a witness for Jesus. The Holy Spirit in us should help us speak with clarity in English as we witness to people. Acts 1.8, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit alive and active in us produces power, produces boldness, produces courage, to share God's love with others. Our praise team would come back up. We are empowered not to show off and say, "Woo! look at Jesus working in me. We're empowered to go talk to others about him. We're empowered to let people know and speak in a way that they understand that Jesus is the answer for what you're going through. Your life feels empty. Jesus is the answer for what you're going through.
And we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. The biggest thing that keeps people from witnessing, I think, is fear. I mean, you know they're hurting. You know they're, they're struggling. And you have the answer, but we're too fearful to reveal it to them. And I've told the teenagers this ever since I've been here. The worst that somebody can say to you is, no, I don't want to hear it. That's it. Why are we so scared of a no? What if they say yes? Yes, Jenny, please tell me about Jesus because I, I need help. There's, no, there's one of the greatest feelings in the world is kneeling down or, or sitting next to somebody and leading them to Jesus. It's one of the best feelings that they understand. The love I have in me that's coming out of me, they see it and they want that too. Not because I'm anything special, but, but the Holy Spirit in me is reflecting Jesus and they see it and they want that. And it feels so great when you get to lead somebody to the Lord. You guys will stand this morning. A life being led by the Holy Spirit, again, just to kind of recap, is it gives us a love for God's Word, okay? It brings conviction of sin in our life. I love the Lord. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want His Spirit active in my life. So I'm going to have conviction of sin. I'm going to be aware of His guidance. I'm going to live an emotionally healthy life because of the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to live a life that points to Jesus because of the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be pushed out of my comfort zone to reach the world because of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And the fruits of the Spirit are going to be evident in my life because I'm being led by the Spirit in all that I do. So this morning, I just want us to pray. And I'll be the first to tell you that I don't let the Holy Spirit lead me 24-7 of every single day. I, I mess up. I make mistakes. I need forgiveness. I need to repent. But I just pray, you know, as we open these altars, that, that you guys would come and admit, Lord, I'm not. I'm not letting your Holy Spirit reside in me. I'm not, I'm not filled with the Spirit. I'm not producing the kind of fruit in my life that lines up with the Scripture. And I need some help. You know what the great thing is? That you can humble yourself in front of the Lord and He will pick you up and He will help you. So this morning as we open the altars, I'm just going to ask you to come pray. Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you. I want to be led by you in all of my life, in all areas. If you need help cleaning up your mouth, Holy Spirit, help me to speak words of life and not death. You know, curse words are actually cursings you're speaking on to people. God can help you with that. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit can lead you this morning. If you don't know the Lord and you want to be saved... You want to believe on Jesus and what he did on the cross and his resurrection? Come up here. I want to talk with you. I want to pray with you. If you walked away from the Lord and you want to rededicate your life to him, come up. I love altar time. I love just being in God's presence, if nothing else. But please, please come and let God, let the Holy Spirit lead you this morning. If you have a situation or something coming up in life, let the Holy Spirit lead you. If you need healing in your body, let the Holy Spirit do that work in you so father right now we come to you and we thank you for who you are we thank you for your leading through the holy spirit that you gave us and father right now we just give our hearts to you and we ask you to lead the rest of this service lead people to you at this altar god lord let us understand the importance of being led by the holy spirit Father, we just, we open up these altars and we invite people to seek you as we worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is in.
stand.